1: Minneapolis-St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
0: With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Two Republican senators leading the effort to harden schools against potential attackers. Bob Agnew
2: reports. Senators Ted Cruz and John Barrasso call their bill the Safe Kids, Safe Schools, Safe Communities Act of 2022. Paid for in part with money left over from last year's American Rescue Plan COVID relief bill, the act would spend $38 billion to harden schools in the wake of recent mass shootings. One provision would double the number of school resource officers on campus. Another would vastly increase the number of mental health care professionals to help identify at-risk students. Bob Agner reporting.
0: President Biden signing the most sweeping gun violence bill in decades. The House gave approval Friday. The Senate... Passage on Thursday. A gunman has opened fire in Oslo, Norway, killing two people, wounding more than 20 others. This is SRN News.
1: Brandon Tatum believes it's time to let your voice be heard.
3: I believe there's a lot of people who are in what we would consider to be the silent majority, and we need to change that. We need to be the outspoken majority. Being silent is not going to get us anywhere. It's going to cause us to fall into despair, and the people who want to take over this country and
4: ruin us is going to be leading the charge.
1: The Officer Tatum Show, afternoons at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot, coming to you from the Kirby and Christina Realty Studios. And it's a 10-day adventure you'll remember forever. The Stand with Israel Tour, November 30th through December 9th. You'll go to the Gallery Region, the Jordan River
4: Valley, Jerusalem, and more. Register today and see the full itinerary at am1280thepatriot.com. The Darn with Mitchburg continues. Welcome back Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the show that's making talk radio great again. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call should you care to join us. Don't forget Jack Tomzak, the new guy, coming up at 3 o'clock. Brad Carlson tomorrow from 1 to 3, and of course... Uh, charter member that are in King Banyan every Saturday morning from nine to 11 on our sister station, AM fourteen forty the businessman doing the best show in the business on the subject of economics. Uh, that's Saturday mornings on AM 1440 with the King. The name so nice. They gave it to him as his actual name, by the way, uh, thoughts and prayers going out to the citizens of Oslo, Texas, where apparently a carry permit holder has uh, opened fire at a pride celebration, uh, killing two, injuring 20, uh, when will the, the authorities in Texas deal with the, the threat of gun violence in this gun-crazy state of Texas? Sorry, what? It's Oslo, Norway, uh, a country that has always controlled guns heavily, especially after the uh, 13-year-old massacre at Uteria. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know how I could have possibly gotten that wrong. See, this is the sort of stuff that uh, could probably be settled by American legislation if it took place in America, fortunately, we have a bipartisan majority that, as you heard in the top of the hour news, led to the signing of a bill by President Brandon uh, so uh, earlier today uh, with the, quote, most sweeping gun control legislation, end quote, of the past uh, quarter century. Uh, this uh, today here, so uh, a story that's jumped even ahead of what I have expected when I first booked this next guest uh, is is uh, continues to develop as we go forward here. Uh, with that in mind, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show uh, Beth Bauman, a parole journalist. I should say, recovered journalist. I've I've fulfilled the. Uh, conditions of my parole from that uh, first career of mine, Beth Bauman. Uh, also a contributor to Armed American <laughs> News. Beth, uh, welcome to the broadcast today. How are you doing? Thank
6: you so much for having me. Great to be here with you.
4: Absolutely my pleasure. Now, this past week, as the Senate passed the, quote, bipartisan uh, Safer Communities Act, you uh, had probably the most succinct and on-the-point uh, descriptions of what was in this uh, piece of legislation that i'd seen anywhere and i figured let's go straight to the source uh let's 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 get uh, you, the word from you about what's actually in this bill cuz like most such legislation it is a big brick of paper that conceals boundless uh globs of huh, what within it here uh let's uh, let's let's uh, come back to that but first let's introduce you to my audience real quick uh to, uh Uh, who are you where you come from and what brings you to this issue
6: um so i am a like you said a recovering journalist um i spent the last five years i was an editor at town hall at daily wire short time at the blaze wrote for bearing arms um the second amendment has always been my quote-unquote hot topic issue it's my number one passion um and it it's just it's part of my blood, it's part of who I am. And even though I'm no longer a full-time journalist, um, my buddies uh, at Armed American News allow me the opportunity to do a little bit of freelance writing and to continue fighting for my passion um, in a, in a little bit different kind of a way. So um, I have followed very intimately. All of the different gun legislation, especially on the national level, uh, for the last five, six, seven years, um, have read through various bills like this 80-page bill that was just signed into law, um, the Fixed Nix Act. If I believe it was 2019. Um, so very very familiar uh familiar to me and very intimate knowledge of these things because I actually read the bill
4: <laughs> which puts you ahead of the vast majority of the population <laughs> on both sides of this issue and I guess I haven't read it yet either but that's uh, going to be one of my evening projects here tonight fortunately you have read it in a and and you've explicated it pretty well in a in a lengthy twitter uh thread this past week let's let's mm-hmm. run through it in some form of order first of all the first big chunk of the bill relates to medicare and medicaid uh the, the aforementioned HAWA ha, uh, comes to mind here what what was this all about Beth Bauman?
6: so uh the first 18 pages of the bill talked about medicaid expansion um my guess just from the fact that it was first was um you know the democrats way of expanding medicaid in the states um they can say, well, you have to expand Medicaid and at our, in order to address this, quote-unquote, like, mental health crisis. Um, you know, we have to make sure that there's funding. You know, they're going to use whatever reason they can for big government expansion. Um, and so this was a Christmas tree writer that was found in it, uh, which surprised me that it wasn't at least buried in the bill more. It was literally the first 18 pages of the bill.
4: That's first thing I thought is someone's getting lazy and perhaps uh, it's, it's like what we call omnibus bills here in Minnesota. It's got a bunch of obnoxious poison pills or, or, or Christmas tree bits where if you vote against it somewhere, somewhere down the line, there'll be an attack that said, Representative so-and-so voted against uh, health care for the elderly. Uh, that's, that's pretty much why these sorts of things exist. So, With the fluff and fuzz out of the way, let's go to the part that I'm going to call the Second Amendment Lawyer Full Employment Act, the bit about the waiting periods for people under the age of 21 uh, you expressed what looked like a bit of amusement or perhaps confusion as to exactly what is going to go into these background checks for people under the mm-hmm. age of 21 Beth Bauman describe what the bill uh, has now uh, been signed into law will do for law-abiding citizens under the age of 21
6: so if you're under 21 and you want to buy a rifle any of your juvenile records from the time you were 16 to 18 are now included in on top of the NICs check. So they're not expanding NICs. They are basically saying that the gun dealer or the federal firearms licensee that you purchase your firearm through now has to contact NICs, go through and see if you pass the background check. They also have to go to the law enforcement agencies that where you currently reside to see if there are any um, outstanding convictions from your past um, starting at the age of 16. Um, so that it's basically an enhanced background check. Um, they have three days to do this to search the records and then you know say say the, the government agency or the, your local sheriff says well like I, I, I need more time they have until 10 days and these are business days, not just you know the weekend as well. Uh, up to 10 business days to then do that. Um, So part of the background check will include things like uh, state custodian of mental records to see if they've ever been considered mentally adjudicated um, or any other disqualifying records. So, you know, if you have a teenager who at one point, you know, at the really crappy age of 15 was (laughs) suicidal um, that is used against them, records that would normally be sealed um, because you are now on the table.
4: And as Rob Dorr from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus pointed out in an earlier segment, we were talking about the, the Bruin decision. In some st- I mean, this had to have been written by someone who doesn't really have a whole lot of background in juvenile justice because in states like, well, Minnesota, where I am right now, I mean, if, if, a, ju- if, doc- if a bond villain were a juvenile... They would have almost no record. We don't convict juveniles of much of anything. If you can't get diverted of anything short of, of, of trying to, trying try to trying to rob the Federal Reserve, you're not going to have a record. There's almost nothing to find out there. And as you pointed out, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, the, the, there's a provision in the uh, now law uh, that requires. Uh, Discarding outdated records, which you say pointed out, uh, they can't even get information into the records. I mean, we've had a number of mass mm-hmm. shootings that have happened from people who got car- who got uh, approved to buy firearms mm-hmm. that, that should have had disqualifying infor- information on their records. I mean, the administrative overburden right there is just comical, Beth Bauman.
6: Absolutely. And the number one thing that needs to be done in this country to prevent... Uh, mass shootings and really any kind of, you know, violence is making sure that records are in NICS. You cannot have a background check system that lacks information and has holes. Now we have made great progress with the Fix NICS bill, um, which poured a ton of money into addressing, into addressing this issue. Um, You know, and making sure that convictions are in the system, um, because before Fix Nix, only 38 states uh, would give about 80 percent of their convictions. Right. Um, And so under the Trump administration, the DOJ was constantly working at that. Uh, I know they had like 12 million or so records that were submitted within like six months to a year of fixed Nix going into law. So we're making progress there. But again, we we aren't there yet. Not all um, convictions are there, and so that's really what this comes down to as an enforcement issue, not a lack of a law issue.
4: Right. And and by the way, the idea that these uh, a, a constitutional right is a is a is a right for people until they're 21 when there's a consistent record of courts finding that 18 years is the age of majority the age of consent the age of of legal responsibility for literally every other thing in life except apparently guns and booze uh, that's that's Go going ahead. to wind up coming to court uh, to court near you at some
1: point here Beth Bowman
6: You know I I would be really interested to see that I actually think there's something a little bit more I don't want to say important, because that's the wrong word. But uh, one of the most interesting things that I think needs to go to the courts is the addition, the issue of legal marijuana. Yeah. And I, and I say that because great example, I'm in Idaho, right along the border of Washington State. Uh, you know, Washington State has legal marijuana. Um, and so people can freely do it. But you know if you're you use marijuana, um, you are considered a prohibited possessor yeah. and if you go to get a gun on a 4473 one of the things they ask you is if you use um, illegal drugs and whatnot. And so really that is in my opinion a real trap because technically it's legal on the state front but it's still legal on the federal uh, on the federal level. So now you have these kind of competing, Um, legalities, and you also have the issue of the Second Amendment and firearm ownership um, tied into that. So I think that's an issue that we'll see sometime, hopefully, in the next five years, especially as more states are legalizing marijuana. Um, That has nothing to do with this bill, but I I think it kind of goes to what you're saying as well, um, that there are a lot of issues that just don't make sense. um, where things aren't... Aren't you know the same across the board?
4: And that is in fact an issue that, if it's not already going to court here in Minnesota, it will. Uh, Having a prescription, we're still a prescription marijuana state here in Minnesota for now, uh, because uh, pot is just too big of a fundraiser on both sides of the issue. So far, there has been no real impetus to settle it politically speaking here. So for now, we are a medical marijuana state, but. Having a prescription for marijuana for some medical condition is a disqualifier if you go out and try to pass a background check for a gun purchase. Uh, we're talking with Beth Bauman, a contributor to Armed American Network, uh, 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 working with our good friend, uh, longtime friend of this broadcast, uh, Mark Walter, who's been a guest several times as well here. So uh, great to have uh, Beth Bauman on the show. We're going to take a quick break if you have questions or comments regarding the uh, formerly Bill, now Law of the Land. Give us a call, 651-289-4488, or join us on hashtag Narn Show On Twitter, Gab, Parler, MeWe, and Getter. We'll be right back.
1: Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM-1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free
7: Odyssey app.
6: I am lovable, capable, and worthwhile.
7: I am loved without strings, and I am never alone. Treehouse is an organization that creates a safe space for teens through one-on-one mentoring, support groups, and activities. At Treehouse, teens are introduced to a loving God who will always be with them and accepts them exactly as they are. When teens are rooted in this living hope, transformation begins. I have a future. The Treehouse mission is to end hopelessness among teens. You can help. Visit treehousehope.org. Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about
1: us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello, anyone?
6: Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world?
1: It's
2: time for Salem Surround. Let us handle everything and get your message seen and
1: heard.
7: Let's turn up the volume on your business with Salem Surround.
1: Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers.
4: Hi, I'm Anthony Commerce with Commerce Water. A year ago, we
2: introduced wet technology into our softeners. It's exclusive to Commerce. Since then, customers have saved an average of 700 gallons of water and over 300 pounds of salt each year. And you can too. Go to Commerce.com.
4: AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, if you're looking for some place in the world a little more peaceful and sane than the Twin Cities, like, say, the Middle East, then we got a deal for you. Embark on a 10-day adventure yeah. that you will remember forever on the Stand With Israel tour. You'll be joined by Dinesh D'Souza and Sebastian Gorka, who will be broadcasting live on the trip and ensuring this will be a memorable and special trip for you. Register today and see the full itinerary at am twelve eighty thepatriotcom dot com. The Stand With Israel tour
8: six
4: five one two eight nine four four eight eight. The Middle East sounds like it would be a whole lot more sane and fun than the Twin Cities in the middle of summer after this last couple of years. Uh, with us uh, to talk about this, uh, the new law of the land. Just signed uh, in the last hour or so by uh, the president. Beth Bauman, uh, contributor to Armed American News and writer of the most succinct uh, reporting I've seen on the, uh, what's the term again here? The very Orwellianly titled uh, Bipartisan Safer Cities, uh, Safer Communities Act. Uh, that was it. The one that I thought, boy, I dodged a bullet here, as it were, Beth Bauman, because all my firearms fell into Lake Superior last summer. But uh, before that, I was lucky. If I ever pass on to the great beyond here, I was going to be leaving a fair number of firearms to my my offspring. And this rule looks like it could make that into a very, very sticky issue here. Uh, the idea of how you dispose of collections of firearms when one passes on. What what, what does this law have to say about transfer of firearms, Beth Bowman?
6: Um, So what it does is it redefines an FFL, which is a federal firearms licensee. So anybody you go to and legally purchase a firearm, whether it be a big box store or a small mom-and-pop gun store, um, they are changing the definition um, from with the principal objective of livelihood and profit. So, you know, their whole business is to turn a profit to, quote, to predominantly earn a profit, unquote. So say your kids decide, like, dad has all these guns, like, I only want to keep a couple and offload the rest. Since they are making a predominant profit off of what they inherited, uh, they could be or are subjected to the rules and regulations of an FFL and all of the terms and conditions that come along with that, um, which is really interesting and quite scary um i think a lot of people are going to accidentally fall into this category and not even realize it um and and the problem i have with this is the predominant profit what does that mean how much profit do you have to make in order to be considered you know an ffl and not only that um This is also, in my opinion, a way for uh, gun controllers to take aim at private party transfers. Um, So in some states, you know, if you're allowed to sell to a friend, a family member, or even pass them on without going through a background check, um, as long as you know that they're not a prohibited possessor, it's completely legal and it doesn't have to be. Recorded through a background check in the transfer process. Um, And I believe that this is a way for them to see what private party sales are taking place as a way of creating a de facto registry, which we all know can eventually lead to confiscation.
4: Yeah. And, and of course, the terms and conditions of being a federal, uh, uh, having an FFL are you, know, you have to run NICS checks and everything. There's got to be a background check. That's why you that's one of the duties of being a, a, an FFL. You got to keep paperwork for a significant period of time. Uh, one presumes there might have to be some other federal hoops to jump through. I mean, this is you know, another Lawyer Make Work Act, uh, Beth Bauman. And, and, and it tracks well with uh, one of the goals that here in Minnesota, the DFL has had for quite some time, which is to end the transfer of... Firearms via estates. I mean, that was specifically on a proposal 10 years ago when they controlled the whole legislature. This is this tracks well with with either being able to track firearms or just plain grab them and and melt them down, Beth Bauman.
6: And that's exactly why it's against federal law to have a registry, because it can create the opportunity for the government to come and seize guns. And I know, you know, there are plenty of Democrats out there who will say we're wearing our tinfoil hats and we're being superstitious. And I'm okay. I will straighten my tinfoil hat out and say I absolutely do not trust the government with this kind of information. And anything that can lead to it is dangerous and excessive.
4: Yeah, and the fact is that universal background checks cannot work without a, well, you can't call it a registry because it's not a big book that says registry on the front, but it is a linked list of transaction dates and in the world of software we call that a database and a database is just another word for a registry folks. I mean, the semantic games are are are, are just obtuse in the extreme and, and easy to win if you can actually find an opponent who realizes them. So here's one that is particularly scary. Uh, That's scary, but uh, potentially ominous here. The rebranding and the institutionalization, federalization of the notion of the red flag law. Now, here in Minnesota, the DFL has been proposing a red flag law for the last four years that the anti-gun movement, at least one anti-gun group in Minnesota, has already promised to weaponize against Second Amendment advocates, basically reporting all of well them or us before my guns fell in the lake, clearly uh, against us here. What is the, uh, what are, What shenanigans are the feds playing with red flag laws uh, now, Beth Bauman?
6: Basically they are wanting to incentivize states to pass their own red flag laws. Um, and, you know, by offering them money for quote unquote, like mental health um, prevention, they're, they're branding it as mental health prevention, mental health help. And in it, essentially red flag laws um the one scary part about it is um you know you have to have an attorney to to defend your rights but a public attorney is or public defender is not available to you it says in the bill that the government will not uh, pay for any anything related to your defense meaning it has to come out of your own pocket um so that's scary in itself um because the average price just to retain an attorney for a gun-related incident. So, you know, like self-defense shooting or whatnot is $50,000. Yep. And that's just to retain a lawyer. So, you know, it's essentially a way of keeping poor people from defending themselves and getting their guns back. Um, But they're also rebranding... Uh, red flag laws and instead of calling them the extreme risk protection orders or erpos they're now referring to them as intervention programs um so i think it's a way to fool people into thinking like oh we're actually tackling mental health issues we're actually you know getting um getting people the help they need before they commit a crime those are all the talking points we hear but don't be fooled by it it's a pr move this is just another way of in serving a traditional red flag
4: law. Yeah, nothing nothing involving adding an adversarial hearing before the order is imposed, nothing about making it fair for the uh, low income among us here, and absolutely, nothing, absolutely. About, nothing about synchronizing the standards of evidence that need to be brought both to impose the order as well as to reverse the order on the part of the defendant. I am seeing so far... And, oh, go ahead.
6: And that's the other part of the absolutely ludicrous about this bill is it says something along the lines of you know um these orders can and i'm paraphrasing here these orders can exist but a person's like constitutional right to due process cannot be violated but it doesn't say how they are going to prevent that it just says that and it means it's open to interpretation and we all know that you know that that varies depending on who's in office and who yeah. the judges, and it's very open to interpretation. And the more leeway they're given, the more dangerous
4: it is. Actually, yeah, due process is is a, a good thing, but it's not a cure all. Uh, we're we're very nearly out of time here. By the way, I'm looking at this so far. I'm I'm wishing that I'd have followed my parents' advice and gone to law school. I'm seeing two equal protection <laughs> cases here, just to start things off with. I have a hunch the lawyers for the good guys are on those. One more thing, I want to make sure we get back to here. And this, it it had at least one provision that looked like it could potentially be a good thing and that is addressing the issue of straw purchasers uh, and straw uh, straw buyers or at least having some veneer of taking that seriously beth bauman uh, your impression of its approach to the straw purchase issue
6: um so i'm not opposed to it uh basically it it enhances the uh the penalties associated with straw purchases currently if you're uh charged with a straw purchase you face a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine, five years in prison or both. Uh this this law now, since it was just in the law, um, ups that to fifteen years in prison. If the firearm was used in a quote unquote crime of terrorism, um if you were the purchaser behind that gun you could face up to twenty five years in prison. Um it also adds uh penalties to racketeering and money laundering charges. Yep. Um all great uh the issue is do we actually have people prosecuting it? yeah it does nothing
4: about compelling u.s attorneys to actually prosecute it as a number have absolutely. said they absolutely don't beth bauman we are out of time way too early i uh, thank you for joining us today to unpack thank this you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. We'll do this again, no doubt. There's going to be plenty more to talk about. Beth Bauman from from the uh, Armed American uh, News. Thank you for joining us. We'll do this again. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Oh, yeah, there's more to talk about. We'll be right back.
7: As the world emerges from the pandemic, new challenges arise. Inflation, rising interest rates, market volatility, and now massive government spending due to a war halfway across the globe. This means rising taxes won't be far behind. While you can't control what happens in the world around you, you can control how much of your hard-earned retirement savings that you get to keep. Hi, this is David McKnight, financial strategist and author of the national bestseller, The Power of Zero. We employ strategies that help people near and in retirement protect what they saved in good times and bad. This means having a strategy designed to weather times like these and keep more of your money in your pocket. So, if you're concerned about your ability to combat inflation, rising taxes, and exposure to risk, we're here to help. Our number is 844-574-1400. That's 844-574-1400. Or visit us online at thepowerofzeroshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through POZ Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on...
8: Standard Heating and Air Conditioning wants to remind you that summer is here. Don't wait to replace it and be stuck with no A.C. on one of the hottest days of the year. It is time to take advantage of two smoking standard heating offers that won't make you overheat. Instant savings of $850 on an air conditioner or ductless system. Keep cool all summer long with financing options of payments as low as $65 per month. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is a family-owned and operated business with 92 years of serving the Twin Cities community, servicing over 500,000 homes. Take advantage of these specials and keep cool all summer long with more money in your pockets. Call and schedule your free estimate today. These offers are good until June 30th. Go to standardheating.com for more details. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, providing the comfort you deserve since 1930. That's standardheating.com. Mention the Patriot standardheating.com
1: Chet's Shoes is your industrial footwear headquarters. Talk to them today about setting up a customized industrial program for your employees. Chet's works with you to fit your company's needs in everything from specific styles to customized billing. Let them bring the store to you with their mobile shoe service or visit their store in Spring Lake Park. Chet's features comfortable and professionally fit footwear with brands such as Timberland Pro, Keen Utility, New Balance, Reebok, Carolina, Arian, and more. If the shoe fits, you've been to jets am
4: 1280 the patriot the northern alliance radio network Hey, we know meaningful conversation means a lot to you. That's why you listen to us each and every day. But we also think you'll enjoy our sister station, Freedom 1570. You can tune in and hear the right perspective on today's news and hot topics from respected hosts like Dana Lash, Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, and many more. The perfect companion to the Patriot.
6: So
4: don't compare us. Just listen to both stations, the 1280, the 1570. The format's so nice, we air it twice each and every day. Oh, shut your mouth. They want you to shut your mouth, but you don't have to. You're among friends here, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot, Jack Tomczak joining us in a few moments here uh, regarding the uh, Dobbs decision yesterday by the Supreme Court. Of course, there is a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. To invoke Shakespeare here, going on uh, around about this, this is be it's been interesting looking at a bit of the intellectual. Let's just say, what's the term? Intellectual mobility of the American left. Over this past 48 hours or so here, because as of Thursday, expressing a lack of faith in the democratic process, in the constitutionally mandated institutions of this country, say our election system was treason, treason, giving aid and comfort to an enemy in time of war. Well, apparently they think we have an enemy and we're at war. We've been saying that, by the way, Uh, Joe Biden saying that we're, we're at war, we have a wartime economy. It's like, what, we're we're at war in Ukraine. Where are we at war? Still, we're not at war anywhere. Some people are still at war with us. The uh, killer, the alleged uh, spree killer, uh, in uh, attempted spree killer in Oslo, Oslo, Norway, not Oslo, Minnesota, not Oslo, Texas, Oslo, Norway, a place with strict gun control, uh, apparently is a uh, Iraqi transplant. So some people are still waging war but we're not at war at, at, at any rate treason is giving aid and comfort and furthering the aims of your declared enemy in time of war it's not dissenting from the the the, the, con- the constitutional process uh for example even if you take the worst possible definition of uh, of, of of the most i should say the most democrat friendly Uh, definition or interpretation of what happened on January 6th. It wasn't treason. It wasn't an act of war. It was an act of of sedition, perhaps. Another term that gets overused by the left without a whole lot of understanding. Nonetheless, Thursday, having problems and verbalizing problems and issues and, and doubts about the function of the constitutionally mandated election process was high treason. But on Friday... The Supreme Court needed to be overthrown by force if necessary. And quite a few people uh, said exactly uh, that. And for some reason, they're not being banned from social media. I don't know why. Why would that possibly be? Anyway, I digress. The... it's it's an example of the intellectual mobility of the left that things that the same sort of thing that was high treason 3 days ago is suddenly just how democracy is done and and by the way there are people out there who are who are showing a video of alexandria ocasio cortez uh tide pod Evita uh calling for demonstrations in front of the supreme court mm, she's she's not leading an insurgency folks let's make sure we're all clear on the terms she personally, is not leading a mob into the uh, Supreme Court. She is not leading anybody out in hunting for Supreme Court justices yet. If she's smart and say what you will about her, she's deluded. She believes deeply stupid and historically depraved things about politics, but she's not stupid. (laughs) She's a lot of things, but that's not it. At any rate. She's not leading an insurgency. She is exercising First Amendment speech, a speech that is obnoxious, a little bit depraved, deeply ignorant, not bright, but not leading an insurrection. It's protected by the First Amendment Uh, because, as we say, when it's them coming for our speech, it's or speech that we disagree with, but uh, that they're attacking, it's. When they're coming for the right to speak freely, which, by the way, the left has been doing steadily and on an increasing basis for the last year. Uh, We on the right point out correctly that protecting the speech you agree with is easy. Protecting speech that's popular is a no brainer. Junior high kids can do that. They don't even have to be especially bright. No, it's protecting the speech you disagree with that makes things difficult. I could not disagree with Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, Tide Pod, Evita, more than I do. She's—I'm not going to call her an idiot. I am going to call her wrong on literally everything. And basically the worst example of post-Clinton show business politics— But she has a right to to say everything she's said so far. And I will defend that a favor that most of the modern left will not return, by the way. But we had a caller asking, why haven't I been talking about the protests uh, that have been going on? We've been looking. I was looking earlier today. uh, G-Money on the other side of the glass has been looking today for any examples of, of news of these protests. I've seen virtually. I mean, this morning. Uh, On the morning news, I saw yesterday there was a march around in downtown Minneapolis. A bunch of the usual suspects were wandering around waving signs uh, about uh, venting their displeasure about the reversal of Roe uh, Roe versus Wade. And let's be honest, venting their displeasure about having to actually go out and work for their civil rights like all of us law-abiding gun owners have had to do for my entire adult lifetime and then some. Uh, I mean, they had it so good, and all of a sudden now they have to actually go out and earn their keep, actually go out and and win their and convince people who aren't already convinced that they're right. Why? They might have to adopt a slogan better than, if abortion rights aren't safe, then either were you. Great idea, folks. Brilliant sloganeering. Great marketing, folks. No, they're going to have to start acting like something other than a bunch of deranged children. Now, I have a hunch that the high command on the left and make no mistake there is a high command on the left there is a there is a centralized group maybe maybe not literally uh like in in exactly the same sense that the military has but uh, certainly there is a hierarchy of influence on the left uh that have i i suspect have passed down the word that the last thing big left needs right now is they face a midterm election that looks like it's going to be really, really bad for them is more riots. I think if you saw East Lake, or University Avenue or another district in another city mostly run by people of color and, and immigrants and, and the lower middle class who are trying to earn a living, if you see more neighborhoods like that being burned down, which by the way are always the neighborhoods that are being burned down by these upper middle class white progressives, if you see more neighborhoods like that being burned down, uh, it's going to be even worse for Big Left. It's going to make the law and order narrative even more compelling for even more centrist voters. And say what you will about Big Left, like their visible manifestations, like the likes of Amy Klobuchar, like the likes of Ilhan Omar and Alexander Ocasio Cortez and the rest of the squad, they're depraved. But they're not stupid. I mean, some of them are stupid. Cory Bush, she's not a bright person. Uh, Maxine Waters, <clears throat> dim, dim, dim. Uh, Joe Biden, even before, and I've discussed this in recent weeks, uh, over the past couple of months here, even with his, and I say this with all due respect and all human compassion, with, even with his obvious mental decline, and I say this as someone who lost a relative to Alzheimer's in the past three months, even with that obvious decline, uh, they're not stupid. They're depraved. They're wrong. They believe things that, that civilization should have fumigated from polite company centuries ago, certainly decades ago. But they're not stupid. They know full well that right now, heading into this midterm, riots and mass destruction, especially mass destruction in immigrant neighborhoods, in neighborhoods uh, among businesses owned by people new to this country, uh, African Americans, Latinos, Asians, which is describes the bulk of the damage on East Lake Street and on University Avenue this past year, uh, past two years ago. Gosh, It's only been two years. Uh, that's going to look very, very bad for them. So Are you going to see uh, some of the uh, pro-choice activists coloring outside the lines? Oh, absolutely. We already have. Since the leak of the Alito opinion almost three months ago, there have been 16 crisis pregnancy centers vandalized to one degree or another, everything from petty vandalism to complete destruction, 16 of them. So there are people in the pro-choice movement, well, let's be honest. These are people who are the pro-abortion movement. There are, people who are going to, um, there are people who are going to color outside the lines. I mean, even when extremist movements try to hew a little closer to the center to avoid turning off all of the so- suburban soccer moms, there are going to be some who say, no, it's not good enough. We need to, I mean, violence is a perfectly legitimate form of speech for us, not for the other side, just for us. There, you're going to have a few of those out there. And that being said, I suspect that the vast majority of the protests that you're going to see, the vast majority, uh, for the foreseeable future at least, are going to be animated, loud, obnoxious, logically, legally, historically, and morally specious, but probably peaceful in the pre-CNN sense of the term. A- in other words, genuinely not mostly destructive yeah there'll be vandalism yes it's a parade of leftists so they will leave uh, six inches of garbage in their in their path because these are not the tea party folks these are leftists but uh, i don't think you're going to see a whole lot of violence we can find no examples of it yet but we're going to keep watching northern alliance radio network am 12 a the patriot go nowhere we'll be right back
0: As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And on the Jenna Ellis podcast, she tackles the big cultural and legal issues facing America. Don't miss a single episode of the Jenna Ellis Show. Follow today at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at SalemPodcastNetwork.com.
9: You can listen
1: to AM 1280 The Patriot on all Amazon Echo devices. Simply ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis, and you'll hear your favorite hosts.
3: This is Dennis Prager, and thanks for listening to me on your Alexa device. Warning, warning,
7: warning. warning. Once you taste the Rack Shacks Patriot Burger, other burgers will
5: never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM 1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue
7: Once you try a
5: Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get
2: that Rack Shack
0: attack,
3: Barbecue, yeah. AM
8: 1280,
4: The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. By the way, my band Elephant in the Room, we got a couple weekends off, but we'll be back July 15th. We'll be back at the Fridley Legion. I haven't been there in a while. And that kicks off what is going to be essentially a summer of gigs. No, seriously, like, I think nine. Weekends out of the following 10, starting on July 15th, uh, we're going to have some gig or another somewhere. And some of them are going to be old friends of ours, like the Fridley Legion or Neeson's and Savage, or, uh, of course, a couple gigs coming up at the Rosetown Legion, where we played just a couple weeks ago. We're going to have a few new places up there as well. We've got the Coon Rapids uh, VFW happening here. We've got Clay's in Rockford coming up. this uh, That's going to be this fall sometime here. But uh, anyway, starting July 15th at the Fridley Legion, uh, elephant in the room, kicking off nine. We'll just call it our summer tour. Gigs on nine out of ten consecutive weekends. A <sighs> uh, longtime friend of the show, uh, who asked to have his name withheld, said, uh, it, "And I quote: Pretty sure I've told you this before. 1974, first year of law school. Liberal con law professor announced flat out that Roe versus Wade." Is the liberal constitutional law professor announced flat out that Roe versus Wade was the worst Supreme Court decision he'd ever read, both in terms of legal reasoning and the quality of Justice Blackman's writing? And by the way, uh, my friend points out, isn't it interesting how many people were delighted in ripping internet emi- epidemiologists who have suddenly become internet lawyers? You know, friend uh, anonymous from uh, from the Great Beyond. Yeah, it is interesting how many, uh, how many people are instant experts in a lot of professions and how references to the Dunning-Kruger effect are always outgoing, never, ever incoming. Let's go to the phones uh, in St. Louis Park. Mark, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
5: Mitch, as always, thanks for taking my call. Yesterday was my birthday, and thank you, Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell, for giving me the best birthday present <laughs> I've ever had.
4: Man, a happy so- birthday to you. Absolutely.
5: And by the way, Lawrence Tribe was the most ultra-liberal law professor around. He constantly tanned Roe v.ersus Wade as being just a horrible decision. But I just want to tell you a quick story. That famous Mike Subway this morning. Yes. And I was sitting there eating a Subway sandwich, and next to me there was a a party of three. And they were going on and ranting about the Dobbs decision. How can they take away our rights? They're supposed to protect our rights. And the son, who I believe was gay, he mentioned that, before Ulrich fell, I wasn't even a person. It's outrageous. It's a 50-year plan. These conservatives are worse than, than than the government in Germany. Blah blah blah. And so I couldn't take it anymore. So I picked my phone up and I, I did a fake phone call. I pretended I was talking to a friend of mine, <laughs> and I said, "You mean we started talking about what happened uh, this week? I mean, there's no right to abo- to abortion in the Constitution." Oh boy. And then I went on and. You mean uh, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed is in the Constitution? <laughs> you should have heard a dead silence next to me. Absolute dead silence. They switched the subject.
4: I bet it. So I bet they did.
5: Story, it was great. I did a fake phone call. I'm known on the line, but... I just
4: I just couldn't take it anymore. That's one I have done myself a few times, just to, to squeeze in a comment where you don't really just want to comment. Directly. Thanks for your call, Mark, and uh, happy birthday to you! What a wonderful birthday present! Absolutely, almost enough to make me wish I had a June birthday. Uh, absolutely, and, and by the way, the yeah, that uh, ties in well with my anonymous friend's uh, note about how many. Uh, in, instant uh, internet lawyers there are out there uh, when when it comes to stories like the uh, Bruin case and the Dobbs case and the Maine uh, Catholic school case as well. Here, suddenly everyone's an expert, and suddenly the Dunning Kruger effect, which by the way is something in wh- the idea that everyone's an expert on things they know nothing about, and then their expertise drops off the more they learn about the subject, the less they realize they know, and then as they gen- develop genuine expertise, the curve, the curve of perceived expertise. Uh, versus knowledge is a big U, starting off really high, ending up really high um, over time and and effort. Everyone likes to think that they are immune to the same Dunning-Kruger effect of which they uh, accuse everyone else. Yes, Internet epidemiologists, there's a few of those out there on the right, absolutely, and plenty on the left as well. Uh, Internet education experts, oh, you bet. Uh, internet lawyers oh, they have been coming out of the woods, as it were, or coming out of, I guess, the the fake law school libraries uh, for this past couple of days here. As far as the lack of protest, this uh, at least lack of violent protest or, shall we say, mostly peaceful protests uh, regarding the Dobbs decision so far, as far as we know, I think there's a certain amount of strategy. And I'll, I, I think we had a little tip of the hand about this this past week. I mean, Hillary Clinton not certainly not the voice of progressivism i mean certainly she uh i mean she she was certainly progressive for her day and now she probably comes up a little bit towards the center and you're seeing some real uh and by the way she's not entirely out of the the shot of running against biden here in 2024 so stay tuned for that i mean certainly joe biden has told us that there's no such thing as too old or too enfeebled to run for presidency so hillary clinton is is back in the running here potentially and she's having what in the case of her husband might have been called a bit of a sister soldier moment she's openly wondering if the democratic party really benefits from hitching its political fortunes to the farthest out excesses of progressive ideology in this case transgender uh political correctness uh this is an article that came out this past week in uh pajamas media quote In another sign to transgender activists that their increasingly unpopular crusade has become a liability for the Democrat overlord um, enablers. Hillary Clinton has suggested that the feelings of a minuscule but noisy percentage of the population shouldn't take priority over the party's political concerns. The embittered sore loser. See, that's how you know it's from pajamas media. They may editorialize just a tad once in a while. The embittered sore loser. Of The 2016 presidential election sat down with the U.K.'s Financial Times for an interview that was published on Friday of last week to discuss a wide uh, range of issues. And while her insistence that she was not going to run in 2024 uh, was was present, deferring to President Joe Biden initially got the most attention. Her remarks throwing transgenders under the bus have set off a bit of a firestorm on Twitter. Now, she's not running for anything yet officially, so she's got nothing to lose. And she's fleeced enough money from the Clinton Foundation uh, saps that she could more. Let's be honest, more than she could spend in her lifetime. But had to think the moderates, uh, what passes for moderates in the Democratic Party would have to start to get worried about this sort of thing eventually. Now, will it have a significant influence on how the Democratic Party approaches elections here? I think that that cat is out of the barn for midterms. But on the other hand, this concern about the excesses of the progressive wing of the party, even though it's great fundraising for them right now in terms of uh, fundraising in the wake of the uh, Dobbs decision, I have to think that they're concerned about what the extreme left has brought them. In terms of this past couple of years, you've got riots in the streets that have turned off an awful lot of people. You have the, the abolish the police movement. You have the federal crackdown on parents at school board meetings. I, I could spend a whole hour of this broadcast talking about the excesses, really put together a black book, if you will. Of the, let's just call it a specification of charges against the big left for all of the things that the the Democratic Party should be ashamed of. I may just take an hour to run through that one of these days because it's a long list, a noxious list, a list that catalogs all of the depravities of modern life. I think it'd make an hour of fantastic radio. What do you say? Let's do that. Uh, Jack Tomzak up next. Uh, Stay tuned. Go nowhere. Brad Carlson tomorrow from 1 to 3. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you all. God bless America.